Hi, everybody. Welcome to Packers Unscripted from Packers.com. I am Mike Spofford. He is the one and only Wes Hodkowitz. We're coming to you here from our studios at Lambeau Field. And Wes, the Packers opponent this Sunday, Sunday night football, prime time, in fact, the Kansas City Chiefs. The Packers will be traveling to Arrowhead Stadium. And as recently as a week ago, this look at the opponent seemingly would have been a lot of chatter about the reigning league MVP and Patrick Mahomes, but that won't be the case here. Now, nothing is official in terms of Mahomes' availability for Sunday night's game, but all signs are pointing to the fact that he will not be able to play due to his knee injury from last Thursday night against the Broncos, and the Kansas City Chiefs are turning their offense over to the veteran backup, Matt Moore. Yeah, so a couple things that crossed my mind when I first saw this. Uh, first and foremost, to touch on what you were mentioning, dislocated kneecap for Patrick Mahomes. The reports coming out of there, and I think even their team doctor who addressed the media about this, was saying, you know, no ligament damage. It's just that kneecap. They have to be smart about it. I think he's going to wear a sleeve when he comes back. The optics of it, though, considering he's at this point now, what, nine days out from the injury, you're guessing that you're probably not going to want to see him out there and potentially risk an aggravation of some kind. I wouldn't think so. That's where this biggest conversation is coming from, Yeah. especially considering you know the, the grand scheme of things here. They want to be able to win a Super Bowl. They want him to lead them into the playoffs. you got to be smart. Now, again, we'll see what the week takes as far as its course. Matt Moore is a really interesting case study, though, because we've seen this a couple times the last few years, Mike. Not very often, though, where a guy who was completely out of the NFL for an entire season – is then suddenly thrust into a starting situation. The Packers went through it with Seneca Wallace in 2013. Right. Josh McCown is a guy that was out of football, returned to the game, and, and certainly has you know made a nice career for himself, that second sort of life to his NFL career. Matt Moore is a guy I've personally I've always been very high on. I, I was I've always respected him as a backup quarterback. I think a lot of that came from watching Hard Knocks the year that Ryan Tannehill was drafted and he was kind of the transitionary quarterback, right? And played pretty well uh, for Joe Philbin early on, and then you know he was with the Carolina Panthers for a while and kind of ushered in the the Cam Newton era. But the fact of the matter is, is he did not play in the NFL last year, and he's 35 years old. He's a guy who knows how to win. He's played a lot of football at the very highest of levels, but there are going to be natural question marks there because when a guy steps away from the game and then comes back to it, and then here we are, a month and a half into the season, and now you're playing naturally there's just going to be some wonder of, okay, what does he still have left? Yeah, I think, not to oversimplify things too much, but we saw last year with Patrick Mahomes winning the league MVP, there is so much offense that he can create on his own that, you know, the play breaks down. Whatever it takes, Patrick Mahomes would find a way to make a play. Now, Matt Moore is not going to bring that element to the Kansas City Chiefs offense, but this Kansas City Chiefs offense does have playmakers, and this game Absolutely. for Kansas City will be about how does Matt Moore get the ball into the hands of these playmakers. And the two, of course, that jump out to me that are at the top of my list are tight end Travis Kelsey, who is the leading receiver by quite a significant margin 
for this Chiefs offense, and then Tyreek Hill, who is right. back from injury and is the is the speedster and the really dangerous, explosive guy once the ball's in his hands. Yeah, and if you could look at last week's game, now certainly a lot of it was garbage minutes, but Matt Moore did fine. I mean, 10 of 19, 117 yards and a touchdown. He navigated the offense, and there are a lot of weapons he's going to be able to work off of. To give people a little bit of a backstory here, the whole plan going into the season is Chad Henney, the former Michigan quarterback, now in his 12th NFL season, was going to be the backup to Mahomes. Right. He ends up suffering a season-ending injury, so then here comes Matt Moore off the street, and suddenly he's thrown into this predicament. But what I like about his backstory and being able to have the playmaking and you know experience that he's had in the past is, you know, you know what you have in Tyreek Hill, you know what you have in Shady McCoy, Travis Kelsey, one of the best, if not the best, tight end in the NFL right now. That gives you outlets, and I thought one thing you saw early on here is that with. Andy Reid and the way that this offense is structured, it's very quarterback friendly for a guy to potentially be thrown in this situation and get you a win or two until you can get Patrick Mahomes back. The only difference is exactly what you outlined. You look at what the Baltimore Ravens are doing right now. Lamar Jackson is their quarterback. RG3 is their backup. They have a guy that plays a similar way to what Lamar Jackson does. Yes. Kansas City's not like that. The right, offense right. is going to change when you don't have Patrick Mahomes and you're making a shift to an older, more pocket-based quarterback, and that's going to be one of the biggest hurdles I think that they're going to have to overcome here if Matt Moore is the guy on Sunday night. Well, Travis Kelsey, he's done a heck of a lot for the for this Kansas City Chiefs offense, and my question to you here is exactly how do you envision or do you have any prediction here as to how the Packers are going to match up with him because we've seen the ups and downs with this Packers defense specifically against tight ends against Philadelphia Zach Ertz was a chain mover he was really really key part of what Carson Wentz was doing in that Thursday night game at Lambeau Field Jason Witten of the Cowboys TJ Hawkinson of the Lions didn't do a whole lot against right. the Packers there, there there wasn't a major impact from those guys then the tight ends led by Darren Waller of the Oakland Raiders they were the the big stars along with obviously running back Josh Jacobs of the Oakland Raiders offense and having a big day at Lambeau Field so how do you envision Mike Pettin going about this matchup here with Travis Kelsey Get to Matt Moore as quickly as possible. <laughs> I mean, that's honestly, and, and that's not to be disrespectful to defensive backs. Certainly the Packers have a lot of guys that they can match up there. But Travis Kelsey is a nightmare for any secondary in the NFL. His size, his speed, his athleticism, his catch radius, uh, how the offense basically runs through him. Now, they definitely have big play weapons. You mentioned Hill. Sammy Watkins has found some new life in Kansas City. Yeah, Watkins is, Watkins is off to a solid And McCoy, for how year. many years we've seen, can catch the ball in the backfield. But let's be honest, Mike, where this all starts is Kelsey. So I think the quicker that you get on more, the the faster that you speed up his internal clock, the more important it's going to be. Because, yeah, you can do a lot of different things. It can be Oren Burks. It can be Adrian Amos. Let's see what the week holds here for Darnell Savage, working through his ankle injury, if he could be back in the cards. But you have to script your coverage and your plans. You have to tailor those to defending Travis Kelsey. So for Zadarius and Preston Smith, the defensive front, the less time you give more to find those weapons – the better it's going to be for this defense. Yeah, and when I look at Tyreek Hill, and this is taking nothing away from what he might be able to do as far as running the deep ball and getting over the top, but with Matt Moore as the quarterback and Andy Reid 
kind of designing, drawing some things up. I just see Andy Reid trying to find a way, whether it's just quick throws to the sideline, short throws, just getting the ball into Tyreek Hill's hands and letting him try to make something happen, which I think then just puts a huge premium on the tackling of the Packers' defense because Tyreek Hill, if he makes big plays in this game, I think for the most part, it's going to be if he's breaking tackles and getting yards after the catch. If the Packers tackle solidly against a very slippery, fast, quick guy and a very dangerous guy, I think they can uh, they can do what they need to against Tyreek Hill, but they have to tackle. The the players, you've seen players like Tyreek Hill in this league before. It's not like he's just this new phenomenon, but what he does and with his skill set and his size and his speed, I've always referred to them as just second-level destroyers. <laughs> they they Now, he certainly has big play potential. We've seen it. I mean, I mean, he's, I couldn't even tell you how many 40 plus yard catches he has in this league, but a lot of them are off of creating opportunities, making the first tackler miss, and being able to really, you know, weave his way downfield. Yeah. And that's why the second level, he really challenges you there because he challenges your mental mindset, your gap integrity, and what you're looking for to achieve, you know, inside those, those sticks. And he can break them, man. And they can use them in a lot of different ways. I agree with you. When when I, I I've always said this. You've heard me talk about this numerous times. When you have a backup quarterback, what do you need to do? You need to introduce chaos. And Tyreek Hill and the way he plays, that can be definitely a player who does that because he can go more off script and allow more to uh, you know potentially work underneath and still have some explosive play possibilities. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, before moving on to the defensive side of the ball for the Chiefs here, Wes, uh, some sponsor business. Select Cousin Subs locations are now offering delivery. Whether you're ordering, catering, or your favorite sub, they're delivering right to you when you order online at CousinSubs.com. Cousin subs, we believe in better. And we will get to the defense. And okay. I'm excited to talk about the defense. But I also want to say, you're looking at the number one pass offense in the NFL. You're also looking at the number 28th run offense in the NFL. You talk about Kelsey and all these outside weapons. This is going to start for the Packers in the trenches in stopping McCoy because they've started to lean more towards him. The Damian Williams experiment hasn't really worked out the way it did late last season when they needed to lean on him. If you stop McCoy and you can stop that running game, that's what starts you get allowing you to be you can make them more one dimensional and allow you to kind of defend the rest of the field from there. That's going to be the primary objective I feel in this game. Yeah, and certainly with the Chiefs looking at the film of what the Oakland Raiders did with Josh Jacobs and with Matt Moore being the backup quarterback, they're going to try to pound the ball on the ground, <clears throat> excuse me, and get something generated, get something started there. The ground game is going to be a really good best friend of Matt Moore here if the Chiefs can get it going. Yeah, and that's why the Packers have to stop it. Yeah. On the defensive side of the ball, now this is a team that reached the AFC Championship game a year ago, lost in overtime, if I recall, to the New England Patriots in that AFC title game, but they overhauled their defense. They got rid of pretty much the entire defensive coaching staff. They changed some of the key guys, especially the pass rushers, um, on that side of the ball, Justin Houston, D Ford were their bookend pass rushers, coached by Mike Smith, who is now the outside linebackers coach of the Smith brothers and others here in Green Bay. Houston and Ford, they racked up a lot of sacks, takeaways, turnover opportunities for the Kansas City Chiefs, but they decided to move on. They've uh, rebuilt this defense. And quite frankly, they haven't gotten the results that they were looking for. Um, what, what's your sense right now of where this Kansas City Chiefs defense is. Well, it's gut check time because I'll tell you what, D Ford's quickly becoming one of the biggest playmakers in that defense for the San Francisco 49ers. A really good defense out there in Frisco. Yeah, they're going to be a problem here for the rest of the NFC. 
they made the trade to get Frank Clark, and and I couldn't tell you honestly. I haven't watched Clark enough, but I've read all these things about you know a lot of questions there about if he's been the player that you know they need him to be. They have 20 sacks this year, but it's pretty spread across. I think they have three or four guys that each have three sacks. Uh, their secondary is pretty stout. I mean, they're top 10 as far as pass defense is concerned. Bashad Breeland was one of their big signings this offseason. He works as one of their starters. And then certainly the Honey Badger going over there as well. They still are susceptible, it seems to be, like, you know, to have the ball moved against them, but maybe not the total sieve that they were at times last season when Patrick Mahomes was kind of just asked to win shootout after shootout. Yeah. Uh, but. I think the big opportunity for Green Bay in this game is going to be against running against that front yeah. uh, for Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams. I want to say I don't have it in front of me. I want to say they're 25th or 26th against the run this season. Yeah, they're in they're in the bottom quarter of the league in run defense. I believe the ranking is even lower when you look at just the yards per rush. I believe it's actually 5.0 that they're allowing on the ground, which which is a problem and certainly for whatever injuries the Packers are dealing with offensively, and we don't know what the status will be for Devontae Adams and whatnot this week, but for the Packers, if you go into this game with Aaron Jones and Jamal Williams both healthy and ready to go and facing a defense that's giving up five yards uh, per carry on the ground for the season, you really want to get these running backs rolling. Yeah, the Kansas City Chiefs at this point have played seven games in five of them, they've been outrushed. That was including the 125-yard game that Carryon Johnson had that you and I were talking about a couple weeks ago. Yeah, that's right. Marlon Mack had 132 yards three weeks ago, and then Carlos Hyde, uh, the the early season addition to Houston, 116 yards. So, yeah, I think this is going to be the, the biggest key for them. As much as you know, Aaron Rodgers is still going to be important, you're, you're going to need to be able to move the ball downfield and have that threat. This definitely looks to me like a game that's tailored for Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, Danny Vitale to go to work up front. Yeah, and when you're talking about going on the road here, the Packers are 2-0 and on the road, but this starts a stretch of four out of five games on the road here for Green Bay with the bye week mixed in. It's going to be a pretty charged atmosphere. Patrick Mahomes or no Patrick Mahomes, this is going to be Sunday night, primetime, under the lights at Arrowhead. This is a Chiefs team that was on the verge of the Super Bowl last year. They're 5-2 and two this year. They still have a lot of high hopes. They feel like they can still be a challenger when it's all said and done for the New England Patriots to try to get back to the Super Bowl. I think it's going to be quite the atmosphere, even if Mahomes isn't on the field on Sunday. Yeah, night. Brian Belaga was saying on Monday, I mean, they're fully prepared already for a silent count and to deal with a lot of noise pollution. It's funny because we've covered so many preseason games there, at least from my perspective. Yeah. I kind of forget that I've never covered a regular season game there uh, before. I've covered I've covered two there, one in 2000, 2007 yeah. and then uh, – um, and then again in 2011, there was a switch up in the scheduling formula. So the Packers actually went to Kansas City twice um, in a span of uh, five years there. And yeah, I mean, the, now both of those were just your garden variety afternoon right. games. So I have I haven't covered a a regular season game in prime time there. But certainly, it's it's a stadium that's that's known for its noise, known for its atmosphere. And I think you know, quite frankly, this is a this is a fan base that's going to come out with uh, all the support that they can muster for their backup quarterback to say, okay, here come the Packers and Aaron Rodgers. Let's show them what we got. Well, and, you know, I said what I said about the defense and the fact it's been more balanced and everything, but then you look at last week. I mean, they did have nine sacks last week, so a lot of their sacks, a lot of their pressures came in that game against Denver. Now, that was on the road. If they, if you go out and you allow them to have that kind of momentum there early, the defense can dictate this game, yeah. and that can get a, a crowd charged up. 
I just think that those first five, six minutes of this thing are going to be so crucial to, you know, not only setting a tempo, setting a tone, potentially taking the crowd out of it a little bit, but also just being able to to get your momentum here on the road. The Packers kind of, in a way, sort of have to learn how to play on the road here. Uh, Dallas was a lot of fun. They played well. They had a lot of Packer fans there. There mm-hmm. was some pretty good Go Pack Go chants. I want to say in both of these games so far, Mike, including Chicago, there was a Go Pack Go chant that broke out at Soldier Field too. I think this is going to be a very Kansas City pro crowd. Yeah. So, uh, but it's a good. But you need these type of matchups because a week from now. They're going to have a pseudo home game right. in L.A. Yeah, they the, just one, will. the one out in L.A. is going to be a, a whole different type of game. And to be honest with you, that's kind of on the Chargers because of the way the ticket pricing goes. They don't have a lot of fans to draw from in that market. So who are you going to be getting? You're going to be getting a lot of Packer fans. And then you're back home against Carolina, and then you're into the bye week. So I Patrick Mahomes, no Patrick Mahomes. I feel like there's a lot that they can learn from in this matchup. And just being able to dictate tempo early on and understanding, okay, we get into our silent count, you hit it, you know, they've been so good at scripting those first 15, you know, whatever you want to call them now, that that first series, that uh, I think that's going to be put to the test in this matchup and making sure you can get these guys playing as one. Yeah, well, as with most road games, but I think particularly in a stadium like Arrowhead, you're going to have to deal with surges from the home team they're going to have their times where they generate momentum where they get things going and you know how this is Wes you have to find a way you don't you need to weather those storms when you're on the road and you need to try to limit the damage as much as possible if they have some big huge surge but if that surge is 10 points as opposed to 14 or 17 points or something like that that can be the difference in the game it's about weathering that storm limiting the damage and Mahomes or no Mahomes the the Chiefs are going to have they're going to have their moments in this game where the crowd is really going to get into it they're going to generate the momentum and the and the Packers are going to have to respond and uh, that's something Packers certainly did it well both at Chicago and at Dallas. But for this to only be your third road game this far into the season, I think that's an interesting dynamic. Yeah, and it's tough to say because, you know, the day in which we're taping this on Wednesday, we first have afternoon practice. So we don't know exactly how this is going to shuffle out with Devontae Adams. Yeah, we're waiting to see what's going on with some of these guys for the Packers who are injured. And the other thing that makes it a little bit more confusing is you and I sit in these seats is you look at the offense that Kansas City has, they're top 10 in basically every category. They're third in the least amount of sacks allowed. I mean, they are so, they play so well around Mahomes that when you add a new dynamic to that, it kind of raises some questions there. So, what am the point I'm trying to make? What does that lead you to believe? It leads you to believe in protecting the football and field position. It just so happens you look at the special teams of Kansas City, Dustin Colquitt back there. This is going to be a really good battle for J.K. Scott, too, in being able to maintain that and, and keep it going in your direction because Kansas City, we've known this. I mean, you see the way that they play special teams. That's one of the prototypes for how special teams yeah. are played in this league. So. Yep. As much as you want to talk, we can talk about more, you can talk about their defense and that, I just think, again, this is going to be one of those matchups that comes back to takeaways, and it comes back to, okay, who's winning time of possession, and where are these guys starting from on each play? Packers need a really strong performance out of their special teams, I think, to prevail on Sunday. Yeah, and I think we'll, uh, we'll get into a little bit more of that discussion on our shows as the week continues. But for now, we're going to call it a wrap on this edition of Packers Unscripted. Be sure to follow all of our coverage of the team on Packers.com. Subscribe to us, like us on iTunes and other podcast services. On Twitter, he's at Wes Hot. I'm at Mike Spofford, at Packers for the team account. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We'll see you next time.